Good, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of You Deserve to Be Here. I am your host, of course, Miss Brittany, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different than the other episodes that we've put out so far. It's going to be some exciting conversation going on. Um, I have a special guest for you guys a little later. Um... But just to touch on what today's episode is about, today's episode is going to be about love. Ooh, you deserve love. What does love mean to you? I feel like we often get into debates about is love a action? Is love a feeling? Is love a idea? Is love like what is love? And I think the simplest answer to that is that love is whatever it means for you. I personally believe that love is an action as well as a feeling, as well as it could be an idea. It could be any one of those things. But I specifically say in action because, especially when we're talking romantic love, I mean, even if we're talking familial relationship love, you have to choose to love someone. The same ways we can choose to withdraw our love from someone, we have to choose or continue to choose to love them, um, especially in a romantic sense. When we get into these relationships, oftentimes our love is fickle. We love them this day and then we don't love them the next day and then we show them love this day and then we don't love, show them love the next day. And it's like, you know, it puts us and our partners, the people that we're choosing to yo-yo this love with, it puts us all in a state of confusion. I think, you know, one of the biggest conundrums, oh, not a conundrum, <laughs> not a conundrum. <laughs> One of the biggest conundrums that we experience with love is, you know, choosing to love someone else and what that looks like for us in choosing to love ourselves. You want to be with a partner who allows you the space to love yourself and still love them. And I think that is one of the biggest issues that we're facing, you know, in our communities, especially when it comes to love and relationships. People are in fear, quite frankly, like people are in fear of being in love and the vulnerability that comes with love. Um, we're afraid of losing ourselves because a lot of us have lost ourselves a lot. Um, you know, we're not sure how much we should give, how much we should do and how much, you know, we should sacrifice, how much we should compromise, how much vulnerability we want to give or accept, you know, and we're in this constant state of confusion with what, what, how do we give love? And what love should look like for us? We know what love looks like and feels like in a moment. We know what it looks like and feels like in the beginning stages of a relationship, you know, when it's warm and fuzzy and cute and, and cuddly and all of that. 
we know what, what that looks like. We know how to identify that within ourselves. But what does love look like on a consistent and perpetual basis with others? So we're going to talk about that today. I, hmm, I can say that I've struggled, I've struggled personally with both giving and receiving love. And a part of that is because one, like I had to learn how to love myself and through learning how to love myself, learn to love others. I know that that's like the cliche thing to say or do in today's time. It's like, oh, you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself. But it's really true that the kind of love that you give yourself is ultimately going to be the same kind of love that you give out to the world. And then sometimes we give the love out to others that we want someone to give to us. And it's difficult, right? Because, you know, remember when we were younger, we were taught like treat people how you want to be treated. And, you know, that was like a a staple in, in elementary education, treat others how you want to be treated. And it's like, uh, in your adult life, that's not really, it, it doesn't really work that way because you could be trying to love someone in the ways that you want to be loved, but the way they receive love is, is could be totally different. Like I'll give you a prime example of that. Um, I was in a relationship with someone where I was giving them like for holidays and, um, you know, birthdays, Christmas, Valentine's day. I was often thinking of gifts with sentimental value because those are the kinds of gifts that I love. Uh, photo memorabilia and picture frames and paintings and um, I don't know taking some picking some flowers from the the place where we first met or um, just just things that held a lot of sentiment to them like that is that's my shit that's the those are the kinds of gifts that I like to receive but the person that I was trying to give these gifts through and hence you see how like I'm trying to love myself through loving this person. Right. Because those are the things that I wanted to receive. So it's almost like you're trying to teach this person how to love you. You're trying to show them the things that you want. And a lot of times people don't pick that up. Like the partner that you're, you could be giving gifts to is not picking that up. Um, but I was giving this person these sentimental gifts that, they appreciated it off of the strength that it's me giving it to them and it's for this holiday and it's, you know, like we're obviously we're exchanging gifts. So there's a, an element of gratitude there, but they would have rather receive a pair of shoes. They would have rather receive, you know, an outfit, some clothes, some jewelry, some cologne, um, underclothes, you know, like they would have rather receive practice more practical gifts that they could use and that they they needed so we have to be careful of the ways that we we give love to other people and truthfully like we have to be mindful that like 
is this a gift that this person will appreciate? There's a difference between they should appreciate this and they will appreciate this. So removing gifts from the equation and replacing gifts with love, you know, some, something, some ways that we give love, they should appreciate, but they won't appreciate because it's outside of the ways that they, they want to receive love. It's not necessary, necessarily that they, they don't want to receive your love. They just want to receive it in a specific way where, you know, like when we look at celebrities and, and, you know, like how the celebrity couples and how they give gifts during Valentine's day. And, you know, a lot of that stuff is really monetary, but think about the fact that these are people who work their asses off to get where they are, whether they're rapping, acting, um, producing, you know, they, they work to get where they are to make the money that they are making, which, you know, in turn kind of shows you that they value monetary gifts. They value financial uh, stability. They value things involving money. So, you know, giving those kinds of gifts is appropriate for those people. Where, you know, sometimes when you're at a different level in your life, I mean, there, there are some celebrities, I can't say, you know, that's, the, that's true for all celebrities, but there are some celebrities who still do value um, sentimental gifts and, and gestures. So that's not true for everyone, but you just have to un know and understand the person that you're doing these, these gestures for. And in knowing and understanding a person, you got to know and understand yourself. Yes. Because when you don't know and understand yourself and who you are, then you more than likely don't know how you want to receive love. You, you put yourself in this space of desperation where it's like, I'm willing to accept whatever someone is willing to give me. However they want to love me, I'm, I'm willing to accept that. We've seen movies and TV shows and we've seen it in real life where there's an abuser and he's saying, I, I'm only doing this because I love you. Now, let me just say that I am in no way, shape, or form condoning any kind of abuse for anyone. But a lot of times we, we reinforce in the abused person that that's not love. And it's good that we're reinforcing that in the abused person so that they, it can play in their minds and, and eventually get them to separate from the abuser, you know, where they can. But in the, uh, the mind of an abuser, you got to remember that these are people who are mentally unstable. They are disturbed. They don't have a, a set foundation for what healthy loves look, looks like.
um, for what healthy love looks like, you know, in their lives. So they can't, they can't really make a separation of this is love and this is not love. So technically to them, it is love. That's the way that they show their love. They show their, I'm doing air quotes for those who are listening to the podcast. Um, that's the way that they show their love. It's not right. And it's not healthy. And as I said, I, I do not encourage anyone to stay in any abusive relationship. And please don't take this as, um, well, uh, Brittany on you deserve to be here said that this is the way he shows his love. So maybe I should just accept. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But again, this comes with you knowing what the way that you want to receive love. If you don't want to receive love as a, a punch to the gut, then you gotta, you gotta understand this is not it for you. So, you know, point in saying all of that is people give love in different ways. I, I was definitely a person who was guilty of giving love the way that I wanted to receive it. Um, and then also giving so much love to everyone around me and giving none of it to myself. Um, there was a quote that I saw some years ago that I, I can say it has resonated with me every step of this self-love journey. It has been like replaying in my mind is that you deserve the love that you keep trying to give to everybody else. And for whatever reason, you know, we, we are, this is gonna, this is gonna talk or touch on a part of the show that I kind of want to bring in my guests, um, where it's like, when you grew up in survival mode, like you weren't really raised in a, a loving and healthy, healthy, loving environment. Um, you, you tend to do that. You tend to like perform for love. You feel like you always have to be doing for someone in order to, you know, gain their love. Um, and for those of you who don't know what like performing for love looks like, it doesn't mean like the, the nice things you do to show somebody you love them. I think it, it really touches on the mentality behind the, the actions where like, are you doing this because you want something in return? You want that, that loving gesture in return? Or are you doing this because you genuinely just want to do this out of love because I love you? because I'm giving love out, not because I'm seeking love to be poured in. So you ready? <laughs> Is that a yes? <laughs> oh my gosh. So now, now he gonna act all shy y'all. Okay. So I just, I wanted to introduce y'all to my special guest today. Um, a really, really, really good friend of mine, friend of mine that has been a part of my life for years and years and years and years, child. 
it's been a long, long time coming with this person. Um, but I'm super happy to have you here and to partake in this, this, this particular discussion because I know that, you know, between him and I, there is a lot of love. Um, and I, I feel like it's important to have him here because having him here is a testament to the, the differences in the ways that people love. And I'm hoping that we can kind of touch on some of those things <laughs> in this episode. But good, good friend of mine, y'all. Um, this is Michael. For those who don't know, say hi to the good people. What's up, people? <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to act all shy like he don't know what's going on. <laughs> Um, but thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. Um, I wanted to add that, like, he actually is here out of a gesture of love, which is fantastic. So I was supposed to have surgery this weekend, which ended up getting rescheduled. And um, for those who don't know, I did move to Orlando Um and back in March and I don't have like many family members here to you know support and such things so good friend here flew down to accompany me to this surgery so I'm super grateful for you for that no problem no. <laughs> um but yeah just touching on like you know the portion that I mentioned as far as you know being raised on love and, and in a loving environment with family, um, especially your immediate family versus being raised on survival. Um, I think that the kind of love, you know, that we are groomed to give in those environments is, it's different. It's different, you know, and I saw this post that was saying, you know, people who grew up on love versus people who grew up on survival, like we, we see things differently. Like, would you be inclined to agree with that or disagree? Um, it's, it's like a give or take type of situation. It, it really depends on the person. Like, mm -hmm. uh, because I've seen, you know, situations where people grew up on survival, but like they have a loving heart. They know how to, you know, display their love and show their love for people in, you know, respectable manners and, uh, and like in a given way, you right. know. And I've seen, you know, the opposite side where people have loving families, you know, uh, two-parent households, uh, grew up with everything that they could, like, want or desire and stuff like that, you know, however they, you know, um, will want it and stuff like that within their life, but, uh, like, they don't really know how mm -hmm. to love people in a proper manner yeah. or show their love for people in a proper manner, like, um, it just kind of really touched on, you know, what you were speaking on earlier with, like, loving yourself and having that that love for yourself to be able to, you know, um, show and give that to other people. Right. You know? So, um, like, it, it, it's really like, uh, it's really like a case by case, you know, kind of situation, like. 
if you are, you know, like willing and able to give the love that you want to give to people, then you'll make that choice to do that. Right. You feel me? But like on the other hand, if you kind of iffy, you kind of like up in the air with it, like you going to move as such. So like it's really like a case by case type of situation and um i just feel like you can't really like uh i can't think of the word right right this Not minute generalize. but you, yeah you can't mm-hmm. just generalize it in a, a sense of how you was brought up is how you going mm-hmm. love people and you know receive love and give love and stuff like that so it's, it, it really just depends on the person yeah, because we have to account for it too, like experiences outside of the home, right? So like, you know, when there are people who do grow up in, in loving homes, they don't grow up in survival mode, but then they go to school and then they have like experiences that could traumatize them or love experiences that traumatize them there, you know, like they're getting picked on and bullied or, right. you know, they're the, the girl that they like is dating the the jock basketball player so now they feel like you know they'll never be chosen by uh, this type of girl you know so like all of our experiences really shape the way that we give love and the way that we receive love um but i do think that our home life is the the basis for that definitely like a foundation right it really sets the foundation for how we how we our views on love even it may not even shape like how we give and receive but our views on love you know like let's say you know like i'm trying to i'm trying to think honestly like how my upbringing shaped my views on love like do you have an idea of what that looked like for you? Like how, how did your, the thing, the things that you saw in your immediate surrounding and your foundation, how did that shape your views on love growing up? Um, (laughs) (laughs) yo, so like, um, love was just not like a consistent type of thing when I grew up like I've seen uh I've seen you know situations and relationships where you know there was love there in that relationship and you know um and that was displayed and you know it was out front for you know the world and for people to see and stuff like that but um that was on a, a very limited basis you know right. with that particular you know type of situation or or relationship but um you know in other situations and instances like i've seen like like it w- it was hard to really find or see like consistent love you know right. like um a man showing a woman uh their love and how to love a woman right. like and even vice versa you feel me like a woman how a woman is uh supposed to display her love to a man and like so on and so forth so it was like love was like a little 
it was it was just real inconsistent. It was right. it, like I, I saw it. I can't sit here and say like, oh, I ain't never seen nobody love nobody right, and right. stuff like that. Like, nah. But it just wasn't a very consistent thing. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, I kind of had to learn and grow and you know have my own understanding of love. You you know. Yeah, I think for me, it may have been like. I can maybe say that the things that I saw growing up as it pertains to love made me more non-committal. Um, like it made it difficult for me to want to commit to being in a relationship or being vulnerable with someone. So like even the relationships that I did commit to you know it was hard to be vulnerable with those people it was hard to like just be to love because honestly the a bigger part of love we, we say like trust of course um but vulnerability is one of the bigger parts of love that you know a lot of us are afraid to show without question and i think Growing up, like, I didn't have my dad around. My mom and my stepdad got together. I was young. I, I can't even give you an exact age. But, um, you know, my stepfather was trying to create a foundation of love and family and togetherness. And I'm, I won't say that my mother wasn't, I can't say that she wasn't trying to do that. Um, but like just watching how he, he loved her enough where he wanted her to accomplish certain things. My mother didn't have a license when she met him. She had four kids and she did not have a license. She had no idea how to drive. Like, you know, he came in and he was like, we're going to do this. We're doing this. We're, we're going to get you this. You know, um, we were living with in, in a, a, a family household where like, um, our house was filled with family members and then the next the house next door was also our family's house that's also common in a lot of black families too you know where like they have connecting houses or whatever then our, the next door house was a, a whole bunch of our family um, so where like when my stepdad came in you know he was like getting my mother on a, on a roll we're, we're doing <laughs> we're getting out of here you know what I mean like we, we can't live in this house with uh, seven other family members. Real man shit. Yeah, exactly. He was like, yeah, he like, no, we gotta, we gotta get this together. So, you know, we ended up moving into the house and garden village. And that was the first time that I could say we, we were in a, a, like a single family, like family dynamic. Like we had the mother, the father, the kids, you know, we were in like, most of you who know Garden Village, that was like a big community kind of um, development, regional management, big community development. They were having like all of these community events and there were so many things for us to get into. Like I, I got into cheerleading at that time. My brother got into football, you know, so it was like this was the first time we were actually like doing family-esque things. And, but I can also say that, you know, this was probably the time where like I experienced, you know, fear of, of vulnerability where, you know, I would, my, my, my stepdad would, they would argue a lot. 
And like, I'm a very like, to this day, loud sounds, yelling, um, screaming, arguing. When I hear things like shuffling around too much, like it creates like an anxiety in me. Um, where I'm in my mind, I'm always thinking the worst thing is happening. So like when they would argue, it, it could be something simple happening in the room, but they're because they're arguing, I'm thinking like, oh my God, he's killing my mom. So like it created this fear in me of like being at a, a man's mercy, to be perfectly honest, or being in a, in, a, in a dynamic where the man is providing all of the stability, all of the you know, my mom was working. It wasn't like she wasn't working, but you know, she, he's basically setting the foundation and it's like, he's in control. You know what I mean? So, you know, even saying this out loud is <laughs> bringing about some awareness to me, you know, where like, when you see those kinds of situations, you kind of put in your mind, like, I'm never going to be that woman. I'm never going to be the woman who you know, this man is, is telling her what to do. And even though like in hindsight, I can refer to that as like him doing real man shit. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he was providing for his family and there could have been like, you know, some of my mother's own trauma coming into play where her, her mother lived in that house with that whole family where, you know, she wasn't dependent on a man. Um, so a lot of that kind of, trickle down, you know, came down the, the, the generations and my sister, same thing. It's like, absolutely not. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm never going to let a man do X, Y, Z to me. And then it, it just, it's kind of like a, one of those generational curses that we have to break if we want to relate better to our men. Right. What would you like, how would you say your, you know, the inconsistencies in the way that you saw love, how did that shape you? Um, I would say um, maybe in some of the maybe like, like similar forms for real, because like uh, um, growing up, I was in a situation where, uh, you know, my mom was kind of in and out. She was, you know, dealing with her own uh, problems and, and things of that nature, you know, with drugs and stuff like that. So she was kind of, you know, she was there, but she wasn't there. You know, there would be days and weeks where, you know, she would be gone, mm -hmm. you know. You know, I'm a little young, so I'm looking for, right. you feel me, stuff like that. So, like, like when I say, you know, like, the love was inconsistent, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It, it just wasn't there on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, uh, predominantly, I, I grew up with my my father, you know, with, with my father. Different. Yeah, yeah. And like, and I want to say my father was born in 65, you feel <laughs> me? So like, he one of them old school niggas, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. he ain't really on the emotion. Gentle parenting. Yeah, yeah. It ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't, 
not saying that he didn't love me, you yeah. feel me, but it wasn't like a whole bunch of lovey-dovey type of mm-hmm. conversations or, you know, instances, situations and stuff like that. So, like, like when I tell you I had to kind of grow and build my own, you feel me, understanding of what love is, how love is, is uh, displayed, how it's received, mm-hmm. you feel me, all of that stuff is like, you know what I'm saying, you kind of trying to learn this shit on the fly, pick pick this up on the fly, you feel me? So like um like like I said, it, it just definitely put a, a a real inconsistent type of uh like notion in my head of mm-hmm. really what love was, you feel me? Like so like um you know just to relate it to, you know, um relationships and and women and stuff like that like you know there was um situations you know in times where like um maybe a a woman did love me or she did have love for me and stuff Mm -hmm. like that where like I just wasn't you know as embracing to that stuff Mm -hmm. because like like I told you you feel me like my first foundational type of love um interaction mm-hmm. with my mother was now my nose cut falling out y'all <laughs> hold on again. Go <laughs> and I'm saying with my mother was like really inconsistent it yeah. was you know what I'm saying like to to you know what I'm saying to be all the way real with the shit you feel I me mean? like we we here and we talking so right, like right. you know what I'm saying just to be real with it like when I was younger, like, I used to look at it like, you know what I'm saying, like, she chose drugs over me and my sister, you feel me? So, like, you know what I'm saying, like, so, like, if uh, a woman or a girl told me that she loved me, it's like, right. you know what I'm saying, like, that sounds oh, slick. yeah, that just sounds <laughs> slick, but, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm gonna need you to show me, you feel me, yeah. rather than, like, the words and stuff like that because like I mean my mother told me that she loved me you feel mm-hmm. I me mean? like and like I've been told that people love me and stuff like that but mm-hmm. like on a consistent basis like I I wasn't getting that so like it it was just a little hard to kind of you feel me like um maybe just just fully understand for real yeah. like. So would you say that like the way that your father showed love to you, like you you kind of alluded to that not being, it was was it just not the way that you wanted to receive parental hell love? Hell no, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm like hell no, like you know what I'm saying I have kids now, so like I, yeah. um not to. <laughs> You know what I'm saying that's that's my dog. You right, feel right. me? But like whole time, like I would never love my kids in in that way. You feel me? Yeah. Like where, uh, like like I said, I mean, I ain't saying a nigga had to be hugging me and kissing me and picking me up and doing all this old extra goofy shit. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying like, I I can recall times. You feel me? Like. With my father, like I was like, like 
10, mm-hmm. 10, 11 years old, but I used to kind of go out like, yo, uh, let, let's talk. You feel me? Like, right. can we talk? Like, yo, all the only time we talk is when we talking about some football shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I played football when I was younger. He was a coach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, that was the only times that, you know, like, we interacted. Right. You feel me? On a real, like, connecting type of basis mm-hmm. you feel I me mean? when we talking about football we playing a game we playing football you feel mm-hmm. I me mean? or, right. or like it's like some sports related type of shit you feel I me mean? but like just like damn yo, how, how, how you feeling sure how you feeling today you right. feel I me mean? like what's up with you so that that's i feel like that's really that's a really good thing to bring up because um, and I think our generation is kind of getting away from this now, but we're understanding that like our little boys are human and they have feelings and, you know, back in the day, it was like toughen up, you, you, you know, you gotta be a man. You gotta, you know, all of that lovey dovey shit was like, we, we didn't want to really, we didn't perpetuate giving that to our sons because, you know, we feared that it would make them soft or it would make them feminine. It would make them whatever, whatever the fears were at that time. Because, you know, I, I mean, I, I wasn't raising that time to really say, but we, we kind of gave this, you know, we, we raised boys as if they could not have feelings, right? And then, or, or they could not cry. They couldn't skin their knee and cry. It's like, what you crying for? And it's like, because my knee is busted open. What you mean? You know? So like, you know, we, we raised our boys to be tough and then we expect them to, to grow up and relate to women, right? which is counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you expect a, a person who was, who was raised in an environment where they couldn't even cry or they couldn't even be vulnerable at all in any respect you know not even if they hurt themselves not even if they broke their arm or you know it's like we can't even allow them to the space to express pain and agony and we we want them to grow up and relate and be vulnerable and expressive and you know open with women right so what so you're saying that you know like you you wanted more of a which it's it's funny not funny but like you know it's enlightening to hear a man say that they wanted that kind of love from their father. Right. Shit, I wanted that shit from my mother too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. put anything on cuz. Like, yeah. nah. Like, I wanted that shit from both of my parents. Right. So, like, uh, but it, it took me, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm a little seasoned out here. You feel <laughs> me? So it took me a few years to get to a point of even understanding. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Shit like that. Like, um, you know, I had recollection of, like I said, the instances. You know, where I felt like I was trying to put myself out there and stuff like that with mm-hmm. my parents and stuff like that. But like, even acknowledging, you know, stuff like that. Like, it took a while for me to get there. Right. Like. I went through my whole twenties like not even like not tripping on no love like that <laughs> like not not saying that I didn't want it yeah, you feel me yeah. but like you know just how I came up you know it, it kind of puts you in a mindset of like 
that's not a necessity. You feel me? When like at the end of the day, in the back of your mind, or it might be even in the in the front of your actions. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Mm -hmm. But like in the back of your mind, you feel me? Like, oh, nigga, you want to be loved out here, nigga? Stop laughing. <laughs> let's, let's talk. To, let's talk about like, that though, because. I think I touched on this in the last episode where I mentioned how, like, you know, we, our, our minds and bodies and hearts may be saying completely different things. And, like, our actions will be saying something completely contradictory to all, what all three of those things were saying. So, like, when it comes to love, I think that's, that's what I feel is one of the biggest what was the first thing I said was the biggest? This is probably like number two because I did say something else was the biggest. Um, but the I biggest... I understand it as well. Right. But mm -hmm. like the biggest... One of the biggest detriments to us connecting and relating to each other is what we are projecting outwardly to the mm -hmm. world um, and what we are fighting with internally. Mm -hmm. Where, you know... Uh, like I, I always make this reference. I, I feel like I say this in every episode, but it's just so, it's so true that we see so much going on in the world. Like we have, we are privy to so much, so much information. It's like information overload for us now that, you know, mm. we, we don't know what to, to believe. We don't know how to behave. We don't know how to, you know, connect with, with other people because the memes on Instagram told us that, uh, he'll yeah. make time for what he want to make time yeah. for, and 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 then the TikTok video you saw said, you know, she it's it's hot girl summer, so she ain't looking yeah. for love, you know. So it's like it's so much like contradiction going on when like our our actions are saying one thing, but our minds and our bodies are saying another thing. Right. Where you know, I made a post recently and I said like I need I need some love. And I made this post as an expression of vulnerability for myself, really, um, because I think I too, now I, I can't say that I've projected this outwardly, like on social media, oh, it's a hot girl, so I'm gonna fuck everybody and get money and whatever. Um, but I feel like I have been struggling with, you know, should I be focused on that right now? Or should I not be focused on that right now? Or should love be in taking a back seat right now? And, and it's like, love is inside of all of us. And we can't, we can't fight that. We can't fight that. Like you said, in the back of your mind, you knew, you know, you want to be loved, right. you know, like, you know, you even want to give love and you could have been given love in, in ways that, you hadn't even recognized, you may have just chalked it off to like, oh, I just helped this person out with right, such and such. But right. really that's an expression or an extension of the love that you're trying to give to Correct. the world. You know, have you, or have you ever experienced a time where like you may have met someone or been with someone? Oh, I'll say met cause like Ben would imply that y'all had already established something, but like you may have met someone and the timing for you because of that that external facade that you had like you didn't want love you know conflicted with what you really felt internally for this person yeah without question right um 
<laughs> Why are you yeah, laughing? Yeah, most definitely. Like, um, I met a little somebody, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I met a little somebody when I was at a very, you know, kind of adolescent age mm-hmm. and stuff like that where, like, it may have been ideal or, like, it could have even been in my best interest to, you know, kind of receive or and, um, you know, display the love that I, I really wanted to give this person, you mm-hmm. feel me, at that time, like, it probably would have been ideal for me to, like, lean into that, right. you know, um, more, but, like, I was young, you feel me, so, like, um, I, I definitely wasn't as accepting or, uh, like, I just wasn't solid at that time, you feel me, right. like, I was a young nigga out here, so, you know, I'm kind of worried about the shit young niggas worried right, about. I'm right. trying to get some pussy and I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get some money. I'm trying, you found me like where like love was just not yeah. like a top priority on my, you know what I'm saying? Um, on my, my goal sheet at that time as like a young, a young man and a young adult. So like, I just didn't know how to, you know, accept this person or to right. you know be the stand-up man that I, I needed to be you know at that time right you might know her <laughs> you might know her so you know like so I, I think this is so this is so important for people to hear because I think this is the story for a lot of young men where like But it's like, is this, I struggle with this so bad because, I mean, it's not really my struggle because I'm not a young man, but I struggle with understanding this because it's almost like if, if as a young man, you do take the, the other route and you follow the path of love, does that save you from anything? Because you can, you're going to learn lessons no matter which path you take. Right. It's going to be some lessons you had to learn in life. And, you know, let's say you do go the path of love and um, you and this young lady, this beautiful young lady, I'm sure she was. <laughs> you and this young lady just, you know, y'all got together and, right. you know, you lived this life with this person, you know, could there be an instance where it's like you you end up missing missing you you feel like you're missing something and not taking the other path so it's like does that create fertile ground for like infidelity does that create fertile ground for you know making mistakes in your older years as opposed to making them while you're young and um I mean, I'm going to just go back to, you know, what we was uh, saying previously in the conversation. Like, it's a case-by-case situation. Like, you know, just even if you choose that path towards love and, 
you know, you go that way. But you know you're a fuck nigga out here. Like, <laughs> like you not really on shit. You not really trying to invest your time or your effort or your love to this situation. So, like, it's no real reason for you to take this road. Mm-hmm. Because you you're not ready for that path, right? You feel me? And not to say that you're ready to be running around fucking bitches and I mean uh, women and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and uh, getting money and doing all all of this that and the third. You feel me? Like it kind of hurts back on it kind of hurts back on your previous um, statement that you gotta know and understand yourself for real right. because like. If if you don't, you 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 just gonna be out here moving funny. You feel me? Like because like I've I've even grown. You feel me? Like in like I said, I, I met the young lady. You feel me? Wonderful, beautiful, brilliant, intelligent young lady. And you know, um, we we definitely connected in a in a major way. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like. But, like, at that time, it just wasn't the time, you know, for, you know, that connection to um, develop how it, it mm-hmm. should have. And that was that was on me, you feel me? Like, e- even at that age, I might have been a fuck nigga and all this shit, you feel me? But I knew I was a fuck nigga at that time, you feel me? Like, I knew, and aware- like... And awareness is key. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. It definitely is, is. Because, like, for real, they keep it all the way, you feel me? Like, I really had real love for, for baby, you feel me? Like, so I wasn't going to sit and take her through, you feel me? Like, everything that I had in the back of my mind, but in the front of my action, you feel me? Like with her in uh, uh like in in connection with her mm-hmm. because like that would have ruined everything and it's not to say that even choosing the other path you found me didn't ruin everything but like i i felt that you know being honest and being upfront could kind of help and alleviate you found me some of the boy listen <laughs> she ain't want that yeah, you know she ain't want that. So, I mean, but too, it's like at least, at the very least, like you were being honest with yourself, right? And I can say that, like, I've had a similar situation with a person, um, where they were they were telling me like, I'm doing this to protect you because I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to put you through. X, Y, and Z. I don't want to, like, like this, this, I'm, I'm a fuck nigga. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, they're telling me these things. And in and, and my mind, at that age, I'm thinking, like, this is all bullshit. Like, you know, you're saying this because you want to go out and you want to do what you want to do. You're not trying to protect me from anything, you know. But it's like... What I'm learning, because I had a very black and white perspective on a lot of things, not even just love, but a lot of things. I'm learning that there is room for gray when 
especially when I'm not going to say exclusively when, but especially when you grew up in a survival, like a, a survival love environment. There is so much gray area that, you know, we have to account for. And like when we didn't have those, those images of love, healthy, strong, black love outside of the TV screen, you know, we don't really know what that looks like. Things on TV don't seem like a, they're not a reality. Right. That's, that's a script. That's a producer. That's right. a camera crew. Right. All of that is produced when like in real life, love just doesn't work like that. Right. And this kind of touches on, you know, like what I talked about last week with, you know, you deserve your own story where like we have to decide what we want our love story to be. I can say that although like my mother, I had some loving, some loving examples when it came to family and togetherness. My mother is a very, very family oriented woman. My mother would stick by her family tooth and nail. Like she, if she could live with her family for the rest of her life, she would have, <laughs> but you know, that was, that was the, the, we had a very strong family dynamic in that sense. Um, when it came to like aunts and uncles and things like that. But when it came to romantic love, my grandparents were that image for me. Um, they were that image for my brother. They were that image for my, my older sister. So unlike a lot of people who grew up like in our environments, we did have a, a actual picture of right. what healthy love looked like. Right. And even so much so that like, we never saw my grandparents argue um, so in moments where like, like I, I can recall a few times, maybe I can count on one hand how many times I've ever seen my grandfather get upset or like raise his voice above a whisper. Right. <laughs> so like in those times, we would joke about him all the time because they were so few and far between. It's like, it's, it's comical almost to see him get upset. Well, well, for us at that time, you know, we were kids. So like we, we had an actual picture of what, love and success and you know and family looked like and felt like whenever we went to my grandfather's house every weekend like that was our you know my grandmother would make us like goodie bags and you know my grandfather pick us up and we would do fun stuff and you know we just had a it was just a a healthier uh, a preview right if you will because like we're only there every weekend or every other weekend that was like the preview that we got to experience you know, healthy love, even down to what we were eating at my grandfather's house. Like my mother would cook, you know, and this is no, no, like, I just hope this is not interpreted in any way. It's like shades what my mother, but my mother did what she, she knew how to do. And, you know, I love and respect her so much for that, but like we didn't eat healthy meals with my mom. Right. Like, you know, we, I don't even think my mother bought fruit. Like, me and my sister joke about this all the time. My mother, I don't even think she bought fruit in the house. So, like, we didn't have fruit. We weren't eating bananas and apples. And we were eating canned glory greens. We were eating freaking, my mother, high blood pressure queen, okay? So the saltiest chicken, fried chicken. My, like, and then, like I said, we grew up in a family house. So, like, my aunts and them, they're cooking fried chicken, and just the, the fattiest, unhealthy 
shit that you could possibly eat. We're eating that stuff on a daily basis. Not even just like Thanksgiving, Christmas. No, we're uh-huh. eating this stuff on a daily basis. So I was eleven. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we eating <laughs> we getting crazy. But then we'd go to my grandpa grandparents' house and we have broccoli. My mother does not eat broccoli. She don't do green leafy nothing <laughs> if it's not out of a can. So like, you know, we're having broccoli, we're having fruit, we're having, you know, apples and bananas. We're like we're not eating just because we're sitting around the house. You know what I mean? It's like you eat your certain meals every day. So we had a preview of what, you know, healthy living was like and and just healthy love and and loving yourself, loving your body, you know, loving your health, your fitness. We had bikes, you know what I mean? We're riding around the cul-de-sac, you know, like we had physical activity. We were doing physical activity. You know, they always encourage that kind of stuff. So like, it's really like I could say that you know we were fortunate enough to have the preview right where there are so many people who don't even have the preview who grew up without the preview right. so they have to define love for themselves right so like in your in your journey of defining love what what would you say were like the biggest lessons that you learned? about yourself or about your perception of love um i say that like um my because of like we talked about you know um because of my um, kind of learning and development of love and what love was and how love looked like um, it was it was just a ongoing kind of uh, discovery mm-hmm. like um, and it was it was some hiccups <laughs> like it was it was a lot of hiccups right. in you know, and trying to figure this thing out. And even to this day, I'm still learning. You feel me? Like, so, like, love to me is like, it's more like life. It's more like a a journey. You feel me? It's it's a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. Because, like, even, you know, like, um, like you said, with your grandfather and stuff like that, you know, like, uh, y'all didn't see them fuss or argue or anything like that but I'm pretty sure they had some hiccups mm-hmm. in their love journey and stuff like that so like um like for me it was it was just really like a a a, a ongoing journey where like I was kind of learning through experience mm-hmm. rather than you know having that experience and referring to that experience to have an understanding. You feel me? Like, this is how you do this. This is how you treat a person or treat people. You feel me? So, like, you don't do certain things. Mm -hmm. You don't allow certain things. You feel me? Like, um, so it was, it was just an ongoing journey. It's, 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 like an ongoing discovery. 
So what would you say your biggest lesson has been so far? My biggest lesson so far? Is that I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... I don't have all the answers. I don't have the the literal or textbook definition of what love is. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, um, maybe, you know, a situation like where somebody probably could have displayed their love to me or showed their love to me and I'm on some shit. Like, yeah, that shit sounds slick, but, like, to them, you know, that's, how they love that's what love is you mm-hmm. feel me and like i can't like diminish or not be receptive of that love because like that ain't what love looked like to me right. you feel me right. so like it, it's really you know that like i don't know everything about this love shit you feel me like i'm learning i'm developing um you know I'm growing mm-hmm. in this love game. You feel me? Like, <laughs> so that's a good point that you make because, you know, love is not going to look the same. Or like we like we talked about earlier, you know, you want to give and receive love, you know, in a specific way. So how would you say, like, or fun, I guess we can tap into some fun. What are your love languages? What's your receiving love language? Hey, What's your deep on here? Deep on You know, I don't do I don't do no small talk. I don't do no small talk. Um but what what's your love language? And just keep in mind like you have a receiving love language and you have a giving love language. Like what is your giving love language? What would be your top two and like what is your what would be your top two receiving love language? Um I be forgetting what these love languages things all right, is so and all of this. Shit. You have like, quality yeah. time, acts of service, yeah. receiving gifts, physical touch, words of affirmation. I would say uh, maybe my top two is um, forgiving. Hmm? Forgiving. Forgiving is uh, probably quality time and. Um, I would say words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So that's how you give maybe, love. Um, and maybe, uh, uh, what, what was the other ones? <laughs> so it's quality time, <laughs> physical touch, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, and acts of service. I would say like... Uh, Quality time is number one, um, and uh, words of affirmation is two, and I say two B is like acts of service. Okay, so quality time, yeah. words of affirmation. So, what? How do you like to receive love? We in the waters again. We in the motherfucking waters again. Like. <laughs> Um. Uh, I would say like even receiving you found me like quality time is like mm-hmm. you can't get that back right like so time is like the most important currency that we we have and 
I mean, not to go all into that, but you know, some people they they look at acts of service and stuff like that. Like that's, you know, the kind of end all be all is as it pertains to love and oh, mm -hmm. I loved you because I did this for you and stuff mm -hmm. like that. When it's like, hold on, shorty, you feel me? Like you did that and then you rolled out, mm -hmm. you feel me? Or or but like, you know what I'm saying like what I'm saying, what I'm basically getting at is like, you know. Our most important currency is time. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So, like, quality time, if we can have, a, a, you know, a decent, you know, quality interaction amongst each other, you feel me? Like, that go a long way with me. You feel right. me? Like, so, um, I would say quality time is one. And, um We see you, and I would say, uh, damn, I like my love how I give it. I guess I, you yeah, know what I mean? like, like it. Shit, I like acts of service. I don't know acts of service. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not that kind of service. <laughs> I'm saying, I'll say maybe acts of service and um, what was that one? Oh, my gosh. Shit. Quality time. I used to smoke weed. I don't smoke weed no more. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, a couple of them brain cells there, Lord. Stupid. Fried, died, and shit. <laughs> so, um, I would say, um, like I said, the quality time, the acts of service, and the words of affirmation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. What does quality time look like for you? Because I know that can be different for a lot of people. Like you, you were saying, like when you're doing some actual quality things. Yeah. Like what, like, give me an example. Quality time is, to me, is like a situation where, you know, we both are comfortable in a comfortable setting with each other. You mm -hmm. feel me? Like, and like. Um, we're doing things that you know my partner likes and feels comfortable and fulfilling with. You feel me, and you know vice versa. Like mm -hmm. shit that I fuck with, shit that I I want to do and I like to do, and I feel fulfilled with. So right. like, right. that's a quality time for me. You okay. feel me? Yeah, I think for me, uh, one thing that I learned, I'm learning too, is that. My love language changed over time. Um, and I, I, I can honestly say it maybe changed from relationship to relationship because, you know, obviously, like, if you're getting, if you're not getting something in a particular relationship, you know, you're going to want to go into the next relationship looking for right. those things that you lacked in the previous relationship. So, like, now acts of service is, is probably number one on given. my... This is given. Receiving. Or, receiving or for receiving yeah i would say acts of service is like number one for me mm -hmm. where acts of service and receiving gifts always scored really low when i took the actual love languages quiz um now it's like number one mm -hmm. um acts of service and quality time will be my top two for receiving and then forgiving i'm gonna say <laughs> giving love i'm gonna say my son. 
No, 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 it's not the same as yours. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to say acts of service and giving gifts are probably like the highest scoring. Um, and I think that. Time out, time out, time out. So giving gifts is not an act of service? No, they're too different. So the act of service I was talking about is like a, that's a, like a oh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a what, Michael? You went over your head. That's all good. That's all good. Um, crazy. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> Not on this good podcast. <laughs> Listen, we deserve to have another act of service. We deserve, you deserve acts of service. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, uh, acts of service and, and giving gifts are probably my top two for giving love. And I think a lot of time, well, that for me, that comes from like just having a busy schedule where like, you know, a lot of times it's like, you can't give the quality time or you can't give the physical touch or, you know, I think words of affirmation might be up there too, but, um, Acts of service, definitely, for giving and receiving. Right. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> it was some other things that I wanted to talk about, too. Oh, um, <laughs> my God, this guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> um, I wanted to add on, too, though. One thing that I don't know if it's considered a love language, but I know that means like a ton to me, um, is music like bonding over music for me. That is like top tier. Maybe that's like a, a element of quality time. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. like it's something about the bond that you share with somebody over music or like somebody sending you that a song that makes them think of you or, um, their favorite song, the song that they've been playing on repeat, you know, they, they you, it's so good that they want you to hear it right. kind of thing. Or just music just releases so many like endorphins, like for, for me especially. And like it, I don't know, like it sometimes certain songs take you back. Like they give you that nostalgia feeling. They take you back way back to a time period. Like him and I always joke about like how I'm stuck in 2003 with my taste in music. Yeah. It's like no <laughs> my, my playlist no is like question. filled with 2003 hip hop, R&B, 90s R&B too. But like, it's like, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm so stuck there. And anytime that I listen to a song from that era, I'm always like transported back to that time. And I can recall specific outfits that I was wearing at those times, like specific moments and memories and experiences. Like music just does that to you. And I think when you can bond with someone over music, you know, y'all kind of share that, right. you know, I don't know. It just, it just does something to you. Yeah. yeah. I can fuck with it. Like, um, can appreciate that right, too right. as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, music is a quality time. You feel me? Yeah. For me. You feel me? Like, so I, I definitely can appreciate that. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I think all in all, like what I really wanted to achieve in this episode is just kind of touching on the ways that, you know, I think we as a community are dodging love. And it's scary almost because we are more willing now to engage physically with people than we are, you know, mentally, emotionally. And maybe because the physical part is so easy for us, it's like, take your clothes off, stick it in, boom, we're done, you know? Um, You know, so it's like, we're so like, willing to engage that way willing to connect that way but we are so afraid of the internal and connecting with somebody you know on a mental emotional spiritual level that you know i i really want to like dive into the fears behind that so i read this book um and some of you probably have read this it's called the mastery of love this is my second time reading it actually um, and when I always go back to this book when I when I realize that I'm struggling with love. Um, and in the book, it basically talks about how, you know, we we run from love in a way that like, you know, we sabotage it because we're so used to the drama and we want to recreate these dramas and our every day so however we can we're going to recreate these dramas you know if a person makes a mistake we you know force them to relive the drama and as well as forcing ourselves to relive that drama by continuing to excuse me think about it continuing to you know punish ourselves for it and punish the person for it you know every time we bring it out we're repunishing that person for whatever the drama was you know Um, and none of that is rooted in love. None of that is rooted in the way that we love that, that all of that is rooted in the fears that we have and the fears that we, like we give so much life to fear and then we wonder why we can't find love. Right. We wonder why we don't know what love looks like. We wonder why we're afraid to be vulnerable because we give so much, so much energy to the fears that lie with, within us. What might can happen? What I was going to say, happen. like you know, have yeah. you ever talked to somebody and it's like they give you so many woulda, coulda, shoulda scenarios as to why they won't do something, even when it comes down to pursuing certain passions, or um, they'll be like, oh, um, have you ever thought about this? And they're like. Yeah, I thought about it, but what if this terrible thing happens and then right. I can't do it? What, what, have you ever thought about balling? Yeah, I enjoy playing basketball, but what if I break my ankle? Then it's like I'm never going to, right. you know, and it's like. I'm probably a bum. But it's like you, you yeah. allow your fear of, of injuring yourself right. to completely push you away from something that you could be really good at like if if Steph Curry said you know I would play basketball but what if I break like if if he allowed those fears to get in his way if LeBron James allowed those fears to get in his way we wouldn't even know these names today 
and and that that's like a, a larger scale so i kind of want to use a smaller scale example because a lot of times like i said when we look at tv entertainment we feel like those things are so far out of our reach they're so unattainable but we don't realize that these are regular people right at the core right. at their core they are regular people who put in the work right right how we how we attribute people's success to luck and um oh he just got lucky or oh like we, we will come up with every excuse in the book as to why somebody got where they got right. and why you can't get there right oh her her father um purchased that salon for her so she didn't have to really work to save up the money to get the salon all right but i can name five women who actually worked to get the money to save up the salon you know right. what i mean for the salon so like just as many examples as you can give for someone who was handed something they're they're maybe a little less but examples of why of people who actually work to get where they're going to get without and with with the fear i can't even say without fear they right. worked with that fear right they leaned into that fear right. it's like you know we have trouble giving doubt to the fear but we give all the doubt in the world to the talent and the you know probability of success right and it's because we're afraid to do the work and i think the mm -hmm. same thing goes with love we're afraid to do the work yeah that's, that's very possible uh, understand you know how you laid it out like it could definitely be some a sense of relevancy right there mm-hmm right? Like, I feel like, you know, we get into relationships sometimes and it's like, if it, if it doesn't look how we anticipated it looking, right? Thank you. That's love. It was, it was. That's love. Uh, That's it love. Was, it was no That's love. He, look, the oily skin got my nose cuz falling out. That's love. That's an act of service. That's a, that's an act of service. That's an act of service. Um... What was I saying? Mm, don't fuck your little head up. <laughs> <laughs> My train of thought went. <laughs> um, I was I was saying like you know oh we get into these relationships and we think like it's supposed to look a certain way, and when it doesn't look that way, we kind of want to check out immediately. Right. And it doesn't help that you know social media is kind of encouraging that that you check out immediately when things are not going the way that you wanted it to go. Social media is not real life, but that's neither here nor there. Let's not, let's dive into about. that though. Elaborate. No, it's just not real life. There's a lot of fabricated shit on social media. A lot of these women ain't who you think they are. It's a lot of filters and a lot of, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of uh, fluff on this social media shit. A lot of these niggas ain't lit like you think they is. They they just not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I ain't, I ain't hating on nobody. Like you know what I'm saying, if your Instagram popping or your social media popping, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I, I give you your shit. Like, but like when. Some of the, you know what I'm saying, because it's some, it's some lit niggas out here. You feel me? It's some popping people out here. I'm not right. saying that everybody that got a 
fucking lit page or their their mm. shit popping or something like that. Like, oh, they on some fake shit. No, I'm not saying that. But at the end of the day, like we post on social media the things that yeah, the highlight the, the, the glamorified the highlight real. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's like. Yeah, we we showing you what we want you to see, and even down to people who you know who be on there crying and doing that kind of stuff. It's like they they showing that because they want you to see. They want it's a it's a manipulation almost. We're gonna show you what we want you to see. So we had to take you know everything that we see with a grain of salt. But like I'm saying this to say like even the the pages that are filled like it's just like memes or. you know, relationship quotes and love, all of that stuff just, it, it won't apply. And we got to stop trying to make the shoe fit in places where it just don't fit. Like it might seem like it could be relevant to your life a little bit, but you know, you got to know that this might not even be applicable to, to what you're going through. You know, and it's like, it, it, they'll say men, if men do this, this, and this, and this means blah, blah, blah. And you'd be like, you know what? He did do that. See, that's, I knew I should leave him. And then now you got all of these Zodiac horoscope pages that are like Pisces. You need to leave that nigga alone. <laughs> Pisces. Uh, there's a situation from your past. Every, every time I look on one of these dead horoscope pages, it's a situation from my past. I'm like, bro. I had that many situations in my past. Come on now. Like, give me a break. So, like, you, you have to take that stuff with a grain of salt. And like I said, some, some of the stuff might feel like it's, you know, it's hitting hope close to home. But check in with home. Check in with home before you check in with IG to, to uh, give you that confirmation bias. To say, see, see, I knew, I knew that's what this was. No, you're, you're looking for something to right. confirm what you already feel when you could easily sort these things out with, maybe not easily, right? but you can sort these things out with the person who you're having the issue with. Yeah, well, some, some of it can be like reference points and stuff like that, like, but like just not all of it is real but are you and are you is, taking the positive in the right. same way you're and taking the negative in because there's yeah. going to be people on there who are saying you know maybe you get should look at it together, like this nigga. yeah like are, are you are you reposting that stop bullshitting <laughs> out here <laughs> did you and share that to be out here and niggas ass um pause but he be on niggas bumpers like you found me get on your shit get the fuck up and get on your shit and you know what I'm saying? You don't see as many. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. nobody reposts your stuff or stuff stuff like that, but like you know what I'm saying, like as much as a motherfucker repost some some bullshit or something with a negative kinda undertone with the shit, you feel me? Uh but like the positive shit is 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 just not as you know what I'm saying out front. It's not as, yeah, it's not as front of mind yeah. because we kind of you know, again that just goes back to like you know what it was saying in the book that like we are chasing the drama. We we like the drama, and we have to kind of get out of if if you really want a substantial love, you want a a a, a true authentic love. Yeah. You can't keep filling it with drama and the dramatics. Right. I I was talking to a friend of mine today and you know it's like a lot of us are chasing images or we're chasing other people's lives as goals 
Um, it's like, oh, well, well, such and such and such and such were married for X amount of years. And, and it's like, but you don't even realize that they got married when they were 18. Right. And they on their way to divorce. Right. And they have been through some shit. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing. That's another thing. Like, we be chasing longevity, and it's like, do you know what that comes with? Like, you you can't expect that you're going to be with somebody since you were 14 years old, and y'all are never going to run into any bumps in the road from that age up until 50. Right. It's just, it's unrealistic to think that, you know? And, like, like the, the whole point is to grow together. When we say grow, I don't mean just growing a business or growing in, in pregnancies or growing to marriage. Like, growth, growth hurts sometimes. Yeah. It hurt yeah. when those teeth right. coming in. Right. right. You know, it hurt when, when your, little, your little titties start to sprout. I don't remember that, but... Uh, uh, yeah, it hurt when, when the balls turn blue. What you put down. <laughs> Shoot, like when when we're growing, when them periods come, when when you're growing in your life, you're going to experience some aches and pains and growing pains. That's what they call it. Like you're going to, you can't expect to not experience any of that when you're growing with someone. And we can't just look at all of the positive aspects of growth or all of the you know, the, the aspects of growth that we can show to the world, you know, to just to say that we're, we're happy. Oh, yeah. we're do we bought a house. We're happy. Right. And just, I mean, just to piggyback on what you're saying, like I kind of reference it, you know, a little earlier, this shit is a journey. You feel me? Yeah. Like it's like, Life and and love kind of go hand in hand. You feel me? So like even, you know, in like the smallest instances or situations in your life, you feel me? Like you showing love to people or right. somebody showing love to you. You feel me? So like, and you out here living. You feel me? So right. like life and love they kind of go hand in hand. And all of this shit is a journey. All of this shit is an experience. So like. Um, you don't have to necessarily like harp on, you know, every situation that you ever been in in your life Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, but like you should reference, you know, the life that you lived, the love that you received, the love that you showed and you feel me kind of use those as reference points, uh, in this journey, you feel me? Like, so like. I mean, I just wanted to kind of put that on to what you were saying. So when you're thinking about, you know, like the way, like the way that, you know, your upbringing may have shaped your perspective on love, when you're thinking about those things, you know, just keep those things in mind too, because, you know, you could be looking at your adult situations through a triggered lens, through a, a post-traumatic lens, you know, and like that it may not even be, you know, as as big of a issue as as your triggers will have you believe that it is, your anxiety will have you believe that it is, you know. So like, love is not scary. <laughs> I want to end with that. 
Love doesn't have to be scary. Love is scary? Love no. is wicked. No. No? No, it's not it's not scary, but it's it's um it comes with his it's uh ups and his downs. So like you just gotta be prepared, you know, for right. love. Like and all the way around the board. Cause like if you're not it's going to show you feel me and your inconsistencies in your life and and your inconsistencies within yourself like when you really trying to love a person and love yourself mm-hmm. in the same you know situation like it's it's going to show yeah so like just just get ready out here. Mm-hmm. It's it's really your fears that make love scary. Your fears are scary, not love. Love doesn't have to be a frightening experience. It it should be beautiful. It should be fun. It should be enlightening. It should be encouraging. You know, even even in the bad times. This was really fun. This was a really good episode. And unfortunately, Michael had a flight, so he had to run. But I really enjoyed having him on the show. Um, I want to do a part two of this episode because I feel like there's still some things that I want to dive into when it comes to love. But we tapped on a lot of good things in this episode. So I am super excited to launch this episode for you guys. But as I always do in every episode, I always end with a, you have to learn yourself to love yourself. Um, This episode, we were talking about love and how you deserve love, you know? So that comes with your internal love. You deserve love coming in, love being poured in. And you also deserve to give love. So maybe next week we'll tap more into the give love side of love so this is part one so be on the lookout for part two of you deserve love and i thank you guys for listening in and as always find yourself be yourself learn yourself love yourself because you deserve to be here you do